Good morning. It's breakfast at Fishies. So, as we get you ramped up to Cowboys and NFL free agency and much, much more roster building and uh, trying to separate the, the foolishness from the facts. And we'll do that here as we uh, tell the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. Goldilocks and the three takes. That's the way we'll do it. I'm Mike Fisher, your trusty and trusted reporter. This is the fishbowl. That is the star. And inside the star, uh, as we discussed last night, there are certain policies, there are certain values, there are certain guidelines. And we always appreciate when um, national media, local media, whatever, for instance, Calvin Watkins, and we're going to talk about this more uh, tomorrow, probably. Uh, we'll have Fish at Six tonight, like live. Fish at Six tonight, like live, if you know what I mean, on Bill Bellet change. But we appreciate when somebody um, who has their wild, crazy idea, just just make a phone call, text somebody uh, to find out if it has any validity rather than just throwing it up against the wall. That ESPN show get up. I mean, they got they got real live guys sitting there. They got a real reporter sitting there. They got a real former player sitting there. They got a real former NFL general manager sitting there. Guys, call somebody before you make yourself look like a complete idiot. So Goldilocks and the three takes in recent days on that program and how it reflects on the Cowboys. This porridge is too hot. Bart Scott, who played uh, at a pretty high level with the Jets, now they never quite accomplished anything, uh, ultimately, um, but he was a, a, a talkative guy. He was in the spotlight, played linebacker, played at a high level. He makes his comments about Micah Parsons. And just when, just when you're watching this and He's, you're going, okay, he's on to something. Because what he's he's telling Micah Parsons, talking all the time and tweeting all the time and podcasting all the time, that's not leadership. So that's good. That's fine. He calls him out and it's quite theatrical, but um, that's legitimate. That, that's a legitimate take. Bart Scott knows what he's talking about. And I say again, just like Micah Parsons has declined to listen to Michael Irvin, declined to listen to Gronk. Um, and I must add this, our one-on-one -on -one conversation with him at the Super Bowl, I, I get it. It's just his personality. I totally get it. But in the middle of this, the porridge is too hot conversation, Bart Scott and the other panelists start talking about leadership in the locker room. And somebody, I can't tell if it's Dan Graziano or somebody else on the panel, says, who's the leader in that locker room? This is Bart Scott and Dan Graziano. And they start yelling, nobody. Nobody's the leader in that locker room. And no, Chris, I'm not saying Mike is the villain. And they're not saying Mike is the villain. Bart Scott, in this part of his conversation, like Irvin and Gronk and even me, trying to kind of trying to help. The porridge is too hot. 
What do you mean there's no leadership in the locker room? Dan Graziano or Bart Scott? You've never been in this locker room. Not once. I can testify for you. And I can rattle off names. Here's what I like to do about leadership, first of all. And I used to do this with Jason Witten, who I think everybody agrees is, is the traditional definition of a leader, right? By reputation. They went, whatever, you know, 12 and four one year and had good leadership. The next year with the exact same core of players, they went four and 12. What happened to the leadership? It's the same guys. So having good leadership doesn't automatically make you go 12 and five. Sometimes it's chicken or the egg. Michael Irvin was a natural born leader. He just came about, he just, people gravitated to him, just came to him very naturally. Had Emmett Smith gone into a different profession, he might not have been, or, or played for a different team without a, that level of success, he might not have been uh, viewed by history as a leader as he is now. Maybe not. He's kind of quiet as a player. Troy Aikman, publicly, kind of quiet, publicly. So sometimes the circumstance breeds the leader and sometimes the leader builds the circumstance. But, I mean, you, you guys, 70,000 fish heads in Cowboy Nation, by the way, thank you for subscribing to what we do here. Thank you for hitting the like button that beats the algorithms and tells YouTube you want Emmy award-winning cowboy coverage, not slap dickery. And I thank you for that. I can go right down the row. What I would, what I would do with Bart Scott or Dan Graziano or anybody else who's never been in this building is, and this is an easy way for me to win this argument, I challenge you to, to go up to Dak Prescott's face and say, you're not a leader. I challenge you to walk up to Zach Martin and say, I got bad news for you, gob, you're not a leader. That's, that's, what I, that's my observation from sitting on a television set in Bristol. I got news for you, Brandon Cooks. You're not a leader. I got news for you, Stefan Gilmore. You're not a leader. Tank Lawrence, you're not a leader. John Curtis, you're not a leader. That's bullshit. So good try on trying to steer Micah toward a better form of leadership. Because what Bart Scott's saying is, you know, talking isn't leading. That's a good point. And goes too far with its nonsense and says there's no leaders in the locker room and that's the Cowboys problem. How did they win 12 games? So that porridge is too hot. On another episode, they do porridge that's too cold. Mike Tannenbaum was actually a general manager in this league.
who says the most ridiculous things on that show. And again, Mike Tannenbaum, if you're watching, you don't, somebody, a bunch of you are saying, call fish. I wouldn't, that's fine. Todd Archer lives here. Ed Werder lives here. And if you're Mike Tannenbaum, surely you have a way to call. A, surely you must know somebody in the Cowboys. You could call the Cowboys. Couldn't you call Will McClay if you're Mike Tannenbaum and say, hey, this is Mike Tannenbaum. I know you don't know me. I used to be the general manager of the Jets. And I'd like to take you out for a beer. He says the other day, Tannenbaum does, that Russell Wilson needs to sign with the Jets to be the backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers and play for veterans minimum. And this was not staged like so many of these dopey arguments that did rate me, debate me crap on TV. Bart Scott, like seriously, like is wondering if Mike Tenenbaum is drunk. And Dan Graziano, like gets up and the look on his, the camera goes to him, probably regrettably. He's got a look of contempt on his face for Mike Tannenbaum. I actually felt sorry for Mike Tannenbaum because his colleagues were making fun of him. Because he came across as a complete dolt. He said, there's no other place for Aaron, for Russell Wilson to go except to be the backup quarterback for the Jets. That's unbelievable. Veterans minimum, unbelievable. Then he said he could resurrect his career by doing this. How would you resurrect your career by sitting on the bench for 17 weeks? It's insane. That porridge is too cold. Chris Hare, Russell Wilson is a backup right now. Not yet, he's not. He's not a backup if New England, Washington, Atlanta sign him. He's not a backup. He's not a backup in Atlanta right now. He walks right there. He, he walks in and starts. And if he plays like he did last year, they win the division. He's a starter in Pittsburgh today. It's nonsense. New England. Pittsburgh, Washington, Atlanta. There's there's four places where he starts just down the eastern seaboard. There's other places where he can go and compete. He can go to Carolina and compete. I mean, seriously. Like, um, it's, he would start in Minnesota. So we're, we're just a bunch of slappies, you and me. But we're sitting here on a Wednesday morning off the top of our heads, naming five places where Russell Wilson would go start. And a general manager of the Jets can't think of one? Dozed. Cowboys interest on Sneed. You want to pay a, he, he would be your third cornerback making $20 million. That's your answer, Dozed. So that porridge is too cold. Now let's give them a little bit of credit on the porridge that would be just right for Dallas. The trade idea floated by Tannenbaum 
where he proposes that the Jets trade their top inside linebacker, C.J. Mosley, for Brandon Cooks. All right, now let's let's forget the salaries. Guys, in a heartbeat. Brandon Cooks, good player, good soldier, good guy. Far more easily replaceable than a C.J. Mosley. So Tannenbaum says this really works well for both teams. The Jets need outside speed. And they have depth in their front seven. Cowboys desperately need size and speed at middle linebacker. This is really going to help both teams. Who says no? Well, I would say the Jets say no. I would say the Jets say you're out of your mind. Because the Jets can go sign a Brandon Cook. I'm sure you agree with me. With no disrespect to Brandon Cook, it's way easier to find a Brandon Cook than it is to find a C.J. Mosley. Mosley, 31 now. Played all 17 games. 151 tackles. Five for a loss. Half a sack. Two forced fumbles. An interception. The by Pro Football Focus, graded out as the number six best linebacker in the NFL. And he's big and he can run and it's a position of need for the Cowboys. Yes. I have no idea why the Jets would do this. Take away a, take a 30-year-old Brandon Cooks, who, again, he, he, was, he was helpful, 657 yards, Eight touchdowns, 54 catches. Third on the team behind Lamb and Jake. Useful, but replaceable. Look at the list. Just do it this way. Look at the free agency list of wide receivers. Some are a little young. Some are a little old. Some are a little too much. Some are a little... Brandon Cooks, if he was on that list, would not be a rare bird. Now look at the list of linebackers. Off the ball linebackers, where Dallas has a want. Five-time second team All-Pro, Mosley. He's an All-Pro middle linebacker. Um, no, the, 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 no, the Jets wouldn't take Michael Gallup. I can't imagine why the Jets would take Brandon Cooks. And the more I think about it, and I'll close with this, as we're dissecting Mike Tannenbaum and whether or not he, is he just saying junk to get attention? Because he just got it. Did he do any research on this? Okay, here, here's a case where he's talking about the Jets, while he's doing a studio show in the Northeast, and he was the general manager of the Jets. He's got to know something, right? So get me C.J. Mosley. That porridge, <laughs> that porridge would be just right. 
Fish at six tonight, like live, Bella change. And as you know, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm not going to kick this dead horse. I don't think it's fair to Mike McCarthy. But if there's a something, we'll go there. And we'll go there tonight, Fish at six. We are also loaded for bear today at CowboysSI.com. Our incredible project, the 75 member staff, and we can't do it without you. So come check us out, CowboysSI.com. Fish out.